You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Broncos can't break down from training camp day number five. I'm Andrew Mason of DenverBroncos.com, joined here by Ryan Edwards of KOA News Radio, 8.50 a.m., 94.1 FM, part of Broncos Country Tonight. So you get a little bit of Ryan here. You get a lot more on Broncos Country Tonight from 4 to 10 weeknights. Sometimes it's on the radio. Sometimes it's on digital. Sometimes it's on both. Yeah, and uh, tonight's no different as uh, the Rockies will be on during uh, a good portion of the show, next couple nights actually, but uh, we'll be on the uh, iHeartRadio app. So thanks for that, Mace. Yeah, no problem. So it's the last day before the Broncos take a one-day respite. And for the offense, I think it's a respite that is desperately needed. We've talked about the offensive issues in camp in our previous podcasts here, Ryan. But I think what jumped out for me today is that a lot of the errors were unforced. In the first four days of camp, you could attribute it directly to pressure, mm-hmm. leading to some errant throws, leading to some maybe some bad decisions. But today, you had some missed routes, mm-hmm. miscommunication, a lot of drop passes. This was the day of the unforced error for the offense. And false starts, which were an issue Sunday, also an issue today. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out like that because there's a difference in the way the struggles are happening today versus what was happening earlier in camp. Today was about drops. It was about missed routes. Uh, the, we were point, we were talking about it, the early portion of that 7-on-7 seven seven with Joe Flacco. Very first play, a missed route it becomes an interception for, for Kareem Jackson. The next play, Tim Patrick drops what's the easy slant catch. And he had a couple of drops today. Cortland Sutton had a drop today. And it Austin was just, Ford had a drop Austin today. Ford, which he's been just unbelievable. But he had a fumble yesterday and yes. he had a drop today. So there's a lot of buzz about Austin Ford. He's doing some good things. But he's also had moments the last couple of days where he's looked like a rookie. Agree. And so today, mix in with the false starts, it just I, – I, I don't want to say it's a regression, but it, it's just another sort of – twist on the struggles of what they've been having you're right a lot more of it has been due to and maybe some of this is i guess we do need to give a tribute to the scheme the defensive scheme maybe it's confusing the the offensive side of the ball you know we talked to royce freeman after practice he felt like each day they're improving on something right but yet today from just the eyes and what we wrote down in notes i didn't get that vibe i mean of course with the difference of Trinity Benson, who really actually had a, a pretty good day overall. Trinity Benson had an outstanding day, and actually uh, one of the best catches of the day belonged to Trinity Benson, who is working his way in with the first team, but his big play was with Brett Rippon. They were down with the threes, and we've seen glimpses of Brett Rippon. He did not get any work against the first team defense today, but still, this particular play reflects well on him. He's under pressure. He stays strong in the pocket. The word that we used yesterday for Drew Locke, poise, yes. applied to Brett Rippon delivering a ball that was perfect. Trinity Benson on a go route up the right sideline, a 27-yard touchdown. The ball was out in front of Benson. Didn't have to slow up to get it. You couldn't deliver it any better. And that's a positive I think most of the negatives, frankly, we're looking at are on the first team offense against the number one defense. And again, they're unforced, but 
We talked a little bit about this on Broncos Beat. We should be able to watch on DenverBroncos.com and on My20 at 6.30 p.m. Are some of the errors being forced by what the defense is doing because it's in the minds of the offense, the way they're executing, what kind of speed they're bringing off the edge, maybe hearing footsteps a little bit, and that's causing some of the unforced errors. You know, that's a great observation, and and that, that definitely could be the case. There was a moment towards the end of practice where Vic Fangio huddled everybody up and you almost felt like that was going to be the end. And then instead, they decided to go back out and run a few more series. And they kind of, it was kind of a move the ball, trying to get into field goal range kind of thing. Benson's catch that we spoke of actually came after that that's what I. That's kind of what I wanted to bring to you because actually also Drew Locke and Brendan Langley hooked up a couple of times after the huddle. It almost seemed like a nice little reset. And, and in kind of an early moment here for Vic Fangio where – I mean, really, the offense didn't have much going right all day. You know what I also came after? A, a beautiful uh, pass and catch from uh, Flacco to Cortland Sutton yes. to convert fourth down so they could get in range for that field goal. So all of the, the best parts of today's practice for the offense came after they sort of huddled up. I, I know that they huddled and they broke family at the end of it, but up until that point, the offense had just had an abysmal day short of a Deshaun Hamilton catch that was down the seam that, that ultimately probably should have been a sack because it was, mm-hmm. I mean, Flacco stood there forever. <laughs> and then uh, and then Trinity Benson had a couple of nice catches. But ultimately, the best parts of the offensive day for me came after the huddle, and that was a good moment for Vic Fangio. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Sutton catch on that fourth down because, you know, the way they were kind of going about it, it seemed like, okay, they're not going to give them the fourth downs. We three and out, but there it was, fourth and ten. And Vic Fangio and Rich Gangarello said, okay, go. And that's when that play was made. The Locke to Langley play. Yeah, beautiful. Drew Locke has had rookie moments. Basically every day for Drew Locke has been a rookie day in that there has been something tantalizingly spectacular every day, but also something highly frustrating. It's sort of what Vic Fangio talked about, how he's a pitcher who's learning how to pitch. I see some of those on my Atlanta Braves right now, but that's another discussion entirely. (laughs) Maybe I'll start calling Drew Locke Tukey Toussaint, perhaps, who just got demoted. Or maybe Kyle Freeland, perhaps, although he's not a rookie. But Drew Locke, he's rolling to his right. He's extending the play. And Brendan Langley, who really is still learning how to be a pro-wide receiver, is able to break off his route get in position where Drew Locke finds him between, kind of between, between the levels of coverage there, drops in a perfect pass. It's in stride. It's got velocity. It's got touch. I thought it was his best pass of all of training camp, quite frankly. We said the same thing on the same sideline. Honestly, ben, ben and I were standing next to each other, said the same thing, that that might have been one of his best passes, if not his best pass because he had to put some touch on it. He couldn't just sling it. He right. couldn't put his whole, whole arm into it. But it did have to have an, enough to get kind of thread into that spot because Langley's motion, his body was carrying him out of bounds, right. the momentum. So if he didn't, he had to put enough touch on it that he could still gather it, but he also had to get it there. It was, it was exactly the kind of pass that I didn't know if he could do during the offseason. During yeah. offseason play... 
I just can't say I saw many opportunities for him to do that. Can he take a, lot, a little hot sauce off it? Yep. That's been the issue for him. Can he throw with touch? We know he has a gun. Can he loft it in there? And tip of the cap to Brendan Langley as well on that for breaking off the route and getting in position. Locke and Langley have some chemistry. They do. And when you're talking about whether Brendan Langley can stick on this 53, we talk about the fact that he has the vertical speed that if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy is not healthy, you don't have in that room right now. And even a healthy Sanders may not have that coming off the Achilles compared to what he once had. But if they've got that sort of chemistry together, then it probably behooves you to keep Brendan Langley and let them work together in practice. And when it comes time to translate to the game, see if it's there. Let these two guys grow together. There's something there because they've been hooking up pretty frequently and making some big plays. No, no question. I mean, for me at, at this point, and we're only five days into camp, I feel like it's down to Langley and Trinity Benson for that sixth spot. Jawan Winfrey has more than done enough. I know he was out today, but he's more than done enough, at least for me, to be a Sharpie. It's a draft pick, gets the benefit of the and doubt. And you've got Tim Patrick as a Sharpie, even with the drops yeah. today. And Tim Patrick's in there. You know He'll, what he can do. You know what he can do. Tough day for him. Tough day for the offense, but you know what he can do. So those guys are all in there. The sixth wide receiver spot, River Craycraft, bad timing on his injury because in the midst of his injury, you're having Trinity Benson have some good days. Benson's walked right through the door, and if he can field punts and kickoffs cleanly, he's in very good shape. Yes, agreed. And and that's what you want with the sixth wide receiver. You need the sixth guy to be your returner. They're going to have to be able to do that, and both of those guys are getting opportunities. Just kind of depends on which one can show the consistency on special teams. But as far as on the offensive side of the ball, both have had their moments. Even even with all the things we're saying about the offensive offensive struggles, there have been some moments for every for each one of them to shine. There have been moments for them. There have been moments for the running game as well. Agreed. A frustrating day for the offense, but I feel like we're talking more about the passing game in particular because Kalfani Muhammad, Devontae Jackson. Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, all had double-digit runs at various points today. Mm-hmm. All had explosive runs. Good work by the offensive line to set them up, but they read their blocks perfectly as they developed their cutting decisively. Devontae Book- Booker's having some moments too, but those four really jumped out as players who appear to fit this scheme very well. I'm opening up my mind to the possibility of keeping a fourth running back more and more because of the way Calfani and Devante Jackson have been running. Uh, it's, it's becoming a thing where you know they're going to have opportunities to really show some things in the games. Happens every year. There's a running back or two that just pop in the but preseason But do they make games. the team? And remember being around for Xavier Oman a That's few years ago. That's the one. He was spectacular in the preseason. Unbelievable. But he had no practice squad eligibility, nope. and there was no room for him on the 53. Now, both Muhammad and Devontae Jackson do have practice squad eligibility. They seem to be prime candidates to end up there. I think the question is, do they keep four running backs, or do the Broncos, maybe with Devontae Booker in the last year of his contract, is that running back position a Sharpie that we can say yet? Or is 
there more competition there for the third running back than we realize at this point. I think there's more competition for the third running back. Dante Booker in the final year of his deal, he doesn't look bad in camp, but you are already a young squad, and you just got to think about what that room looks like. They brought back Dave Williams. They, they're they looking for even more competition, and, and he's had a couple of those kind of power back moments. I like camp. what Dave was doing catching the ball today. Yeah. He, he, he needs can. to add that tool to his drawer, and it was there this, this morning. It's, it's what this offense requires. All running backs have to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. They all have to. You're going to see two back sets. I think you're going to see two back sets without a fullback in there sometimes where either one could be catching the ball out of the backfield. That's going to be something that's required. And, and Dave Williams, you know, he showed a little bit of that last training camp, but, yeah, he definitely had a couple of nice moments today with that. All running backs also have to pass protect. Yes. There have been some rough moments there over the course of camp dealing with the rushes when they're coming from the interior in particular. Uh, There was one moment today, Royce Freeman went up against Josie Jewell, and Josie came at him like he was shot from a cannon. And Royce meets him square, but Jewell is still able to use his momentum to basically push Royce Freeman back to Joe Flacco. Some good learning experiences there. and. That, that's one of the things, again, as you point out, we've pointed out multiple times with Rich Gangarello and Vic Fangio, the way they run things is we get the practice done, we go back in and we watch the film, and we're going to spend a lot more time teaching in the classroom back in the building rather than doing a ton of teaching out there on the field during the team and seven-on-seven reps. Who else jumped out to you today that we haven't touched on yet? Let's see here. Well, we talked about Benson... We haven't, gotten in the, we haven't gotten in the defensive backfield yet. Defensive backs. Bryce Callahan. Bryce, Ca- had yeah, a Bryce great Callahan. Day. He had a really good day. Now, he came up with a pick. On the, missed, on, on the missed route. That's right. It was, I believe, Kelvin McKnight who ran yes. the wrong route. Joe Flacco threw to a spot, and Bryce Callahan happened to be right there. Yeah. Bryce Callahan had a really good day. There was a corner of the end zone breakup he had with Sutton. I don't know if he came down with it. The ball was a little on the inside and underthrown. But he was the thing. Well, is, my bad. Look, Cream Jackson had. Yeah, the, it was Cream Jackson at the interception sorry. there. Yeah. But Callahan had the interception in the corner of the end zone. Yes. It was the ball was a little under. It was out of bounds. Did it go out of bounds? Okay. Well, from our vantage, we couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, the official was waving okay, it out. Okay. Okay. So. so, but still, I mean, you're talking about what a size advantage Sutton has over him to go toe to toe. He had at least three pass breakups today, and and that that's well, I mean, what you need, you need a guy that's going to be possibly on the opposite side of Chris Harris to be consistent because he's going to be the one that a lot of teams are going to go after. And, and boy, if he can play that well against Sutton, it could say a little bit about Sutton, could say a little bit about where the ball is delivered, but I thought Bryce Callahan had a really nice day. Bryce, Ca- Bryce Callahan had a good day. Will Parks had another good day back there at safety. Uh, Justin Simmons banged up briefly. He was fine. That was a, a nerve-wracking moment, oh, though, yeah. considering the collision that he had. Like four Sutton guys. Was involved. Four guys there, and it was, uh, for some reason, it reminded me of a far side cartoon where everyone's heads kind of met. And it was, I, I was really concerned you'd have multiple guys injured on the play. Justin Simmons was down for about a minute and then came back in for the next period, which was pretty incredible, I yeah. thought. But Will Parks is continuing to play well on the back end. Of course, Chris Harris Jr. talked about him yesterday. The secondary, man. 
The secondary is the Horace Richardson made a nice play in one on ones today. They're quietly made a few plays here and there. Not the name we bring up very often, but he has made some plays. I have to bring up Isaac Yadam as well. Yeah. He had a few pass breakups today. He He had had a a much better day. And Chris Harris Jr., they kind of limited his reps a little bit, gave him a little bit of rest. So you saw Isaac Yadam out there with the ones, and he more than held his own. He was actually one of the better players on the defense. It was a much better day, and and it's good because uh, Devontae Bosby's actually had a couple of rough days in a row. Uh, he's, he's been kind of the victim of uh, some targets coming his way, and he's the one left chasing on a lot of these. It's not all on him because of the way the, the defense is set up. And You know, oftentimes, sometimes in zone, it'll be the cornerback chasing after, but that may not be completely telling the story. And some of these young receivers are getting really good at reading the gaps in the zone. Yeah, Brendan Langley starting to figure that out. That's where Trinity Benson, I think, is really jumping out, is that he's reading this defense so well, and he's finding the open spaces, and that's a matter of the quarterback getting the ball to him. Yep, uh, 100%. And that's where they need guys to, to sort of step up. I mean, understandably, you want to see Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, your, your top four guys be – Great, solid, yeah. but but the thing is, is the back end of the depth is very important, especially if Emmanuel Sanders is going to be limited coming back. We haven't seen too much depth chart movement. Of course, the first unofficial depth chart will not come out until next week before the Falcons preseason game, but sometimes we always see changes in terms of who's on the first team, who's on the second team when you come out of that off day. This is the first sort of progress report time. So I'll ask you, Ryan, is there anybody that you want to see move up, get a few looks with the ones that hasn't gotten it so far? See, that's the tough thing about getting looks with the ones because one of the first guys that comes out is like Austin Fort because I want to see him continue to get more run with the ones. He's already gotten But he's plenty. already getting that run, and so is Trinity Benson. Trinity Benson's getting run with the ones. I guess, you know, I kind of like to see a little bit of Brandon Langley more with the ones. He's getting time. I mean, they're all getting opportunities Somebody jumping out. Demarcus Walker. Demarcus Walker. Want to see him get some more reps with the ones. I think he's earned it. I think on the offensive line, Elijah Wilkinson got the praise from Rich Gangarello. Do you give him a few reps with the ones? Maybe do you work him in at guard? He's a tackle with the twos, but. If he can develop into an offensive lineman who's just simply going to be that first man in, no matter who gets hurt up front, maybe you give him a few snaps at guard. You're still kind of spelling Ron Leary. We saw Don Barclay in. We've seen a bit of Jake Brendel, but more Don Barclay uh, for Ron Leary. Maybe you give Elijah Wilkinson some of those reps. As we mentioned yesterday, I I think even if if you're not sending a message, you're just – giving him some reps, that'd be fine. He's but probably I think going to have to start this year at some point. Uh, agreed. And and even if you're not sending a message, you could do that. This is the time to do it. I mean, one way or another, I, I would be wide open to... I mean, you want to develop chemistry with your five starters, but you're really not getting a ton of that anyways. Ron Leary had a vet day today. He's had opportunities to sit out while Don Barclay steps in. And the reality is I don't think Ron Leary is starting 16 games because of the injury history the last couple of years. You have to plan on whoever your top backup is playing some extended work between Ron Leary and Jawan James's injury histories. You expect Elijah Wilkinson will start and start 
a bunch of games this year. Yeah, so this is the time to get him those reps to see how it looks, and who knows, maybe you see something great. And, I mean, look, Vic Fangio talked about it in uh, the intro press conference to training camp about playing your five best offensive linemen. Now, he was saying sometimes that that's a bit of a misunderstanding of right. what that usually means because he's like, what if our fifth best guy is a guard, but he can't play tackle? In this case, you have a guy that can play both. Bingo. That's the beauty of Elijah Wilkinson. He reminds me of a guy I covered in Carolina, Jeff Hangartner, and he eventually went on to Buffalo in 2008. He was always the first guy in, and sometimes you'd adjust the rest of the offensive linemen, but he could play guard, he could play tackle, he could play center. Because he had such versatility, and because he was a starting caliber offensive lineman, you knew you could put him in and have no drop-off. I'm seeing that potential with Elijah Wilkinson, that he can be not only the swing tackle, but a guy who factors on the interior, maybe everything but center. Well, and... Wouldn't you like to know if he could do that now? Put him at than, left guard. Yeah. Although you're developing well, Dalton Reisner. Yeah, I was going to say. But just in case. Yeah. Just in case. Because you know he can play right guard. He started at right guard. Yeah. He's playing both tackle spots. Depends on the day. Left tackle or right tackle. Try my left tackle. Man, that's a spicy meatball right there. <laughs> I mean, you put him in first-team left tackle. If he got first-team left tackle reps, that's an earthquake. I mean, I even say first-team right tackle would be a pretty big Considering what you're paying too. for Jawan James. Exactly. I'd say, I'd say either the tackle spots if you throw him in. Now, if you throw him in a guard, I don't think it'll be the ripple effect, but the, the tackle job, oh, yeah, that would be big. But with Jawan James, because of his injury history, you can give him a rest day and rationalize it. Garrett Bowles, he's nope. played every game. He's played every game he's had the chance to play in the NFL. No injury history. You're right. Ooh. Earthquake. We'd be buzzing about that if that <laughs> happened, wouldn't we? Uh, no, hey. But I, I want to see. Look, if, if Rich Gangarello, as he said, he's he's impressed with him. Let's let's see. And again, Garrett Bowles has been. I guess I'd give him an overall okay grade. He's holding his own. But not special. Not right now. He's not playing there. Tough thing also is Bradley Chubb's playing great. On the other side, Bradley Chubb looks awesome. Well, the other thing with Bowles is a storyline of this year is how he plays because the decision on that fifth-year option is coming next spring. Now, they could give him the option and rescind it if he stays healthy. But if he gets injured, of course, we know that fifth-year option is guaranteed for injury. So you are coming to decision time on Garrett Bowles here very quickly. And well, that, that's, again, that's something that's going to pop up and be discussed over the next few months. That won't go away but unless you, Garrett Bowles dominates. But you want him to succeed. Yes. Because you simply don't have the depth if he can't play and he can't be the guy that you need him to be. So that's the thing is, like, this isn't a – Looks look to move on from him as soon as possible. No. This is how can you motiv- how can you motivate him to go to another level? I know that he's plenty mo- self motivated, but there's something not there just yet. He he is not playing like an all pro left tackle. Has not played like an all pro left tackle. And right now the offensive line is is suffering as a result of it. I'm still seeing the holds. Yes, when I watch him. Yes, absolutely. And he has no choice because otherwise. Bradley Chubb would probably take Joe Flacco's head off even without contact. But he's got to be able to give himself a chance and give his quarterback a chance without grabbing. Yeah. Because this offense, 
unless it finds another gear once Emmanuel Sanders gets back. I don't know this offense is capable of getting out of many second and 20s. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I know everybody always says it's early, it's early. I'm concerned now. Today, today was a rough, rough well, day. Well, Vic Fangio saying that he wasn't concerned, but reading between the lines of what he said, I think he is a bit concerned. The defense isn't supposed to win every day. Now, maybe you could argue on Sunday that it was a little bit mixed back and forth, especially with the second and third team. The offense, second, third team, they definitely won. But overall, overwhelming. Mace, if I just ask you straight up, who has won the first five days, offense or defense? I mean, it's a it's at least a 75-25 split. <laughs> I minimum. love what you did. And for the first team, if you're going by days, first team defense is five for five. I don't five think there's five. any question about that. 100%. And that's where it really gets judged. We, get, we enjoyed the second and third team stuff because it's camp battles and all that. But in the end, it is first team offense, first team defense uh, that plays all year long. It's not even close. It's a good defense. It's a really good defense. Offense doesn't have any swagger right now. I mean, despite Joe Flacco talking a little bit of trash to Derek Wolf, it's the most swagger we've seen out of the, the first-team offense. I am officially concerned. At this point, I am officially concerned about the offense. Hopefully this off day, as you put right. it, is a good reset. And I would say I'm much more concerned about the passing game than the running game. I think the Broncos can run the ball, but if they can't pass, those lanes aren't going to be there. And the guy who's going to need those lanes, Royce Freeman, Talk with Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards, and me after Monday's practice. Here's that conversation. All right, chatting with Royce Freeman. How have you felt about uh, the way the offense is gelling so far the first five days? Good. I mean, I think the more rest we get, the more confidence in the things that we're doing uh, we become. And then we just go out there every day, second days on top of days, and I've seen improvement in everybody. Um, everybody has a will and, and just motivated. What's it like for you year two? You know, you got the rookie jitters out of the way. Now you're the veteran. What's it like for you now? I mean, it's great, uh, especially because um, we have some of the same players that returned and just the team and the experience that we had last year, especially me as a rookie. Um, just trying to improve off those things, getting getting to know the vets and see what they do, what their routines are, and, and how they got to where they are today, and trying to apply those myself to my own regimen. In what ways do you feel like you're getting better going against this defensive scheme and what it's throwing at you? It's just, it's just everything. I mean, Coach Fangio and his staff have a great scheme. I mean, we have great players on the other side of the ball, too. I mean, if you go against those guys every day, you have no choice but to get better. So uh, I'm really appreciative to be a part of that and be going against that every day. What have you noticed out of Joe Flacco as far as the way he leads the team, things that you've uh, jumped out to you? He's just a pure pro, man. I mean, he nothing really rattles him. I mean, he's seen a lot of things. He's very experienced, and he's very confident, and that just definitely exudes off him, especially when he's in the huddle, giving the play call, and, you know, when you talk to him and, and ask him uh, just key points and what you can improve on, he's, he, uh, he can help you out a lot, actually. What's been the biggest adjustment for you moving from college ball to the pro game? Uh, I mean, just taking it day by day. I mean, especially in the NFL game, everybody's good. Everybody's great. Um, you know, especially you have 11 against 11 out there on the field. You're going against the best of the best, and that's each and every week. It looks like you're having some success on cutback runs quite a bit. What's going into that? Um, just reading it out. I mean, Coach Mikins has helped us out a lot, especially, uh, I mean, similar things from past offense to this offense. But, I mean, remaining disciplined on your keys and, I um, mean, just staying true to them and just keep working at it. I mean, just the way it works sometimes. Uh, I mean, happen to get some cutbacks every now and then. I mean, just taking advantage of them because that's where the big plays are at. What have you noticed about the younger guys, Devontae Jackson, Kofani Muhammad? What have you noticed about their game? 
just just the the motivation. I mean, they're out there, they're running, you know, they're busting busting their butt. I mean, um, we're all pushing each other in the running back room, but they're always Devontae Kalfani, you know, asking questions and trying to get better and, and pushing each other, pushing the the guys who've been here, the guys who've been in the running back group last year and and we help each other out, tell them what we've seen and things like that. Rich Gangarello gave a really nice compliment uh, to you guys, you and Phillip, saying he remind, reminds of uh, Tevin Coleman and uh, and then uh, Devontae Freeman. What do you what does that mean to you? I mean, it's a lot. Uh, Coach Rich has coached a lot of great players. I mean, just to have compliments of of people that in my position group that have done things successfully at that at this level is is the is the ultimate praise. Um, you know, I have to go out there and I have to earn it. I mean, bottom line, and uh, just the fact that he thinks of me and Philip in that way is is definitely uh, definitely positive and it's motivation. What are your personal goals this year? You know, um, I, I try to just go out there and improve. I think if I go out there and I go out there uh, and practice every day, carry to the game and improve and not be satisfied, then you know, I'll just keep I'll, I'll just keep climbing up. Uh, if I never get satisfied or you know limit myself, uh, I think I can I can just keep excelling. Ryan, appreciate it, my friend. We will do this again on Wednesday. We'll record the podcast before practice. You and I, along with Steve Atwater, back in the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse studio tomorrow for Broncos Talk. Looking forward to it, as Can't always. Wait. Can't wait to see who Steve likes, doesn't like, <laughs> and get his thoughts on Brett Rippon. Yep. His bay. His bay. For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. We'll talk to you next time on the Broncos Camp Podcast.